Overland for me is my escape from the, the hecticness of work and the stress of what I do. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a release and it's a reset. And then that, I'm a little older now, I'm slowing down, and overlanding seems like a nice pace. You take your time, you know, smell the roses. I actually go camping to hear the wind the flow through the trees, smell the breeze. And also we've realized we have this passion for off-road and camping, kind of a went out of control from there, I would say. <laughs> we only have so much time on this earth, and you want to spend it with people that you care about and have a good time with and people that make you smile. That's kind of one of the big things with this with this podcast is it's a, it's a living journal uh, between, you know, us guys and uh, our journey together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Average Overlanders. I'm Jared. And I'm Patrick. And I'm Ben. And uh, today we have uh, joining us uh, Zovin from Zoverlander on you know all your fun uh, social media platforms. Yeah, Zovin, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's an honor to be here with y'all. <laughs> I don't know about that, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Zovin and I go way back. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to work together when I worked at uh, an agency, and uh, ironically enough, he used to sit right next to me. And that's how we know each other. And then, uh, you know, he started telling me about like, oh, yeah, I go camping and off-roading and all this other stuff. And he showed me his Instagram and uh, Zoverlander on Insta. And I instantly fell in love with his vehicles. Not, not Zobin. <laughs> no pun. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. But, you know, fell in yeah. love with his vehicles. And so, um, you know, it definitely got me interested in, in uh, you know, for everyone who doesn't know, Al Pastor Overland. That was my original Gen 1 Tacoma. And uh, I blame Zovin. <laughs> or getting the Toyota Tacoma. It's all his fault. Oh, I was looking for a new vehicle. Oh, you the one who got you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, needless- I did a solid to all the Toyota guys out there and kept the brand, you know, got it, got somebody new in the brand. Got him suckered into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's his fault I had uh, the Gen 1 Tacoma. So, all low, lower ball joint failures are all Zavin's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So, it's all your fault. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, Zavin's a Toyota guy. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the the rigs you have and, and why you're a Toyota guy? Uh, sure. Um, so, I'll try to keep it concise here, but I got a, a 1989 Toyota Land Cruiser FJ62. Um, heavily modified upgraded i'll go into that in a bit but uh my daily is a 1997 uh third gen forerunner um happens to be a unicorn which uh you know manual transmission with the factory rear locker what i love driving that thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. man yeah and that's your second unicorn by the way so yeah lightning strikes twice for zavin in the same place it was (laughs) I was extremely lucky. I, I bought my first one from a retailer that specialized in, in Toyota 4x4s, and I, I, I jaw hit the floor because I'd never seen one of these before. Um, and I had that for a couple years, and then one rainy afternoon or rainy evening, I was driving um, to my other job, and uh, some old guy pulled out from a bank parking lot in front of me, and I couldn't swerve or couldn't stop and, and, and hit him. <sighs> And, uh, and it, it was damaged, you know, totaled by, by the, you know, insurance company, but it was repairable and it, I drove it home. Um, and, uh, anyway, I was, I was basically arguing with the insurance company about the valuation and trying to describe the, you know, uh, you know, why it was worth more than they were going to pay me. 
Yeah, because they just and, thought it was an old an old Toyota truck. Like they didn't know anything about it. And you know, I still yeah. remember you telling me you're like, "Well, find another one exactly like this then." <laughs> yeah. So they gave me they gave me a you know parameters. They said, "Okay, you need to find three vehicles currently for sale that are the same model and either one or up to two model years up up to two years difference. It can't be more than two years different." for sale in the state of California and you know we'll take the values of those as the sale price and we'll take them into consideration so I was like doing research and I found one that was up in Northern California that somebody had you know refurbished and was a manual transmission didn't have the locker but it was a manual third gen Dude. and they were selling it for 15 and I was like alright that's a solid high number uh, this <laughs> yeah. was about like 4 or 5 years grand. ago yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, and I found another one that was like, I think it was like twelve grand. And then on Craigslist, I found an ad that had zero pictures of the inside of the vehicle, just the outside of the vehicle, but it described it as a manual transmission. And you know, sometimes on Craigslist, like the sellers, you know, kind of put bogus information. They'll, oh, totally. They'll put manual, and so I was like, hey, seller, you know send them an email. I'm interested in your truck. Can you send me some pictures of the inside? I just want to see the condition of it. Mainly the I center console to, area where yeah. I wanted to see the, uh, switches yeah, and the manual transmission. Yeah, yeah. Verify it had that. And also the ad said nothing about Locker. Um, and it was listed for seven seven grand. And, uh, and so he sent me one picture from the driver, like sitting in the driver's seat, like straightforward. And I could see just the outline uh the top corner of the rear diff lock switch. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Do you think he right knew what there. he had or that he was like kind of oblivious? I had to zero idea. It was a surfer guy oh, from San Clemente. Um, yep. The car, the truck was full of dog hair and salt <laughs> and whatnot. And anyway, I went down to check it out. I happened to go be visiting my parents that weekend anyway, and they lived in Carlsbad. And so checked it out and... Dude, it was it was everything and that I was looking for and more and you know it was a manual with the locker and I you know it was grossly undervalued and so I offered the guy I was like you know seven's kind of high and I knew he didn't know he was <laughs> you always got to though so I gave him six and he was like I was like I'll oh, I'll do six shit. and he's like hell yeah he was like really stoked on that that's and awesome hey. bought it right then and there that <laughs> afternoon. Drove it to my mom's house, and um, yeah, I've had it ever since. I ended up like I was gonna, you know, repair the old one, but I ended up pulling off some of the upgrades, and you know, use the parts I, truck. I remember I, I had changed the um, the rear axle seals on the old, you know, axle because that's one of the things that that you know go at a you know a couple hundred thousand miles, and so I was like, you know what, I just did the rear axle seals on on the green truck. I'm swap, so I like put, you know, I'd swapped both axles, the entire rear axle from my old one to my new one because I didn't know if the rear axle seals had been switched on the Heck new yeah, one. Why the not, white one. Yeah, for sure. I take uh, everything I could. <laughs> yeah, and then I ended up selling the old one for like $2,500 in wrecked condition. So I made, you know, in I, I, I 
definitely turned a profit and got a better vehicle. That's was an, a, also a unicorn. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny <laughs> about all of that is is that you're like, quick, I need to get this cheap one off the market so I can convince the insurance company that they need to pay me between twelve and fifteen. I did not grand. send that one to the insurance company because you bought it. Yeah. He's like, man, exactly. he's he's fucking up my prices now, yeah. right now, so I'm gonna have to go buy it, take it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so well, that's awesome. Zavin, would you buy a third if you could find one? If you could find one. Um yeah, I mean, if I found one that was, Sucker. you know, especially if I found a, I would love a four-cylinder one. Really? Um, oh, just to get around more? Or yeah, daily? just to yeah. have a little bit better fuel economy. And I, I'm not sure if the four-cylinders came with the locker. I don't think they did. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I would I would definitely, you know, I love the third-gen 4, and I think it's definitely one of the best vehicles on the planet, and I, I intend to keep mine or another one for you know always be driving it yeah i had a third gen forerunner it was an automatic though with a rear locker it was the limited and that thing was solid it was smooth and it had like 160,000 miles and it purred like a kitten you know yeah i mean i just crested 300 on mine and Ooh. i put over you know like i have a new water pump new new radiator new all sorts of new stuff to you know new timing belt new whatever to you know i've changed the uh ignition coils and done a little bit of um uh gearbox service and i also refurbished the front suspension ball joints and power steering and but dude it's like it runs like a top. I still get 17. To, I've gotten 20 miles per gallon on a whole tank of gas before. That's pretty nice. Usually I average about 17. Dang. And that's, I mean, you're, you, you have an upgraded tire size. You, you have a little yeah. extra weight cause you have like a roof rack and you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a home built roof rack and one size upgraded tires. Um, I'm, I, I put some spacers in the suspension, but those, it's already sagging again. So I actually just <laughs> yeah. ordered, I'm waiting for Marlin crawler to send me, I found in their discount bin, a bunch nice. of, um, well-priced brand new unused Bilstein shocks and King Springs. Mm, so nice. I'm going to, I'm going to put those in and, uh, hopefully not, not rub, um, my front tires anymore. <laughs> right. and, but I'm not trying to like do I'm not trying to do a major build because it's yeah it's my daily I go camping in it but if I I'm going somewhere that's like for a wheeling expedition I'll take the Land Cruiser yeah that's you want to keep that reliable for. yeah 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 so that's a good segue to yeah. my other truck which is you know really my my pride and joy um it is Zoverlander it is. That's, that's, it's Actual. branded. It's got the decals on the side. So you know, if you haven't, if you've seen it on the road, you, you know, people know it from seeing it. Yeah, you can't Sticks miss out. this thing. So like, okay, to kind of like set this up, um, you have a Land Cruiser. You said an FJ sixty two, correct? Mm -hmm. And that's important because I remember you telling me that the sixty two is basically a sixty series with fuel injection. Correct. That's right. And they only made it for oh. about two model years, a little bit less, actually, like a model. Well, depends, like 88 through 90, but late 88 through 89, basically. And they called some of them 1990 model years. <laughs> so what year um, is yours officially? 89. Yeah. So okay. it's um, it's one of the shortest. It is, I think, actually the shortest run Land Cruiser in, in its genealogy. 
Um, hmm. Only offered for those two model years. It was a you know a version of the 60 series a transition model between the 60 and the 80 series. The first uh, few model years of the 80 series had this same four-liter fuel-injected engine, the F uh, the F the 3FE. Um, but then it was underpowered for how big and heavy the 80 was. So then they put the four and a half liter, and that's when they started calling them FZJ80s because it had a different engine. Um, but the 3FE, 4-liter fuel-injected engine, was basically the same as what was in the 60 series, which was the 4.2-liter fuel-injected straight six. Um, and I'll, I'm pointing that out because it, it, it plays into the whole genesis of my, my build. Um, <laughs> but uh, so let me back up to the, to the beginning. I moved to California uh, from North Carolina and... You know, always was into outdoor heels. stuff. Go Tar Heels. Yeah, Go Tar Heels. That's right. <laughs> Beat Duke. You know, sorry yeah. for any Dukies out there, but, you know, you're retired. <laughs> Coach K's retired. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I started getting into, you know, I was always into outdoor activities, but I really started getting into off-roading and, like, more camping because of the, the geography here, and that's really what I fell in love with and why I'm still here, why I'll always be here. is just because of all the stuff we have we can explore in California. Oh, yeah. So I started, uh, you know, wanting. I, at that time, I had a, um, a 2000 Isuzu Rodeo, four-wheel drive, automatic. Ooh, rodeo. hell yeah! <laughs> That's, that, okay, yeah, it's not the rodeo. Right. I have a soft spot it's for not, the Isuzus. It's not the rodeo. It's the rodeo. Rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love those. I love those trucks, and you can get them for cheap too. It's like they're they're great, especially these days. But. Uh, I started thinking, you know what, I want something more capable. I want something, I want a manual transmission again. My first truck was a manual transmission Rodeo. And I loved <laughs> driving that thing. Um, that was my first car ever, oh, ever you know, oh, in so high school. And that's a cool car to have in high school. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a two-wheel drive, though. It was not a four-wheel mm. drive. It was just a two-wheel drive. Um, but anyway, so trying to cut this story short, I had a, Suzu Rodeo wanted something more capable, larger, and manual transmission, and I wanted a solid front axle. So I was like, you know what? That limits me to manual transmission, solid front axle. Um, I could get a, a Jeep. I could get an older, you know, F-150 or, you know, full-body, you know, truck. Um, and then I came across the Land Cruiser 60 Series. Question, and though, question. North, real quick question. Yeah. Did you consider a Land Rover Discovery? Ah, <laughs> shit. I hope not. You knew better. Um, <laughs> I I did for a little bit, but I couldn't. I I, I didn't find any. I think the manual transmissions are really They're hard. They're pretty hard to, find. to come by as manuals. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like you know, I was I was I I was looking online and you know researching, and I kind of narrowed it down to. to to those and I, I knew about Land Cruisers but I didn't know anything about their history and in North Carolina you don't see any 60 series very seldom yeah, I knew yeah, what the nothing. 80 series was and as soon as I like basically saw my first picture of this like square you know solid for an axle manual transmission you know truck and I was like oh my god that is beautiful like that is <laughs> I, it was like love at first sight and I, I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna I want a Land Cruiser you know, and at that point they were not sky, you know, they were not sky high value. I think I bought my very first one for under five thousand. It was like forty eight hundred dollars. Oh, jeez, um, those were the days. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
and uh, it had a four-speed manual. had a carbureted engine, so that was the 2F 4.2-liter carbureted engine. And I'd never driven a carburetor before, and I was like, you know what? I, it's fine. I don't, I don't, you know, what's the big deal? Like, they've been carbureted engines since the 50s and 60s, like, you know, only recently kind of have you know, been fuel injection. But then after buying that and driving it, going camping, up climbing mountains, elevation, skiing and whatnot, mm-hmm. I, I started realizing, okay, why they went to fuel injection. Yeah. <laughs> they get pretty anemic um, at, uh, at higher altitudes. That's right. And uh, so anyway, I, I got that, and I, I, I still loved it. It was tan. You know, I upgraded the transmission to a five-speed. I put the old Nanimu leaf springs underneath and, you know, could fit 33-inch tires, and it was just cherry. And then, you know, one, um, I built my own roof rack for that, too, uh, awesome. out of a fence. <laughs> out of a fence? Um, out of a fence? Like a wrought yeah, iron fence? out of a fence. fence? No, out of, like, one of those, like, uh, prefabricated steel tube, square steel tube. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a pretty yeah. good idea. Shit. <laughs> Damn yeah, it, it. Was, it it works great. It looks great too. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so I was one day I was driving home from my second job. I worked at a gym for many years on the side, and it was late at night, and I was going from downtown LA back to the west side, and you know th- there's a there's a section of where you merge from the 110 to the 10 where you're kind of like, you know, it's converging of big freeways and you do a downhill slope and, and then you climb up and this like 18 year old kid driving a, a late model I think it was like a second gen uh, Tundra it was one of the one of the 5.7 liter V8 ones I don't remember oh, yeah. maybe like probably like a 2010 or 12 or something because this happened in 2013 mm. um, he tried to basically make a right hand or left hand turn on a you know there was he was going to a Lakers game he was late they T-boned me you know, yeah, on the freeway going 60 miles an hour and from, you know, hit my driver's side and I, my car went up on two wheels. I had a stable. I was also on a, on a, on a, uh, um, overpass. And so there was like a, you know, a bridge right below me, you oh, know, and I could have fallen off the bridge. So I was like, Fuck. caught the car and stabilized it on two wheels, landed it and, <laughs> nice. you know, went over and, you know, stopped. The, the truck had totally spun out. He caused this huge pileup behind behind us. His truck was totally disabled, fluids everywhere. You know, I was, you know, my whole, I had to get out of the, the passenger side. The whole driver's side was crunched in. But anyway, I was very upset, very angry, you know. Rightfully so. Not hurt, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, not hurt in, at all. That's and, um, yeah, I, I, Whatever. Fast forward. I, I decided I, I drove it home later that night. Again, saved my life that truck for sure. Um, and I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna resurrect this thing. I'm gonna get an FJ62. Well, I want the fuel injected engine, but I can. I want to you know, basically all the stuff I'd upgraded: the leaf springs, uh, shock absorbers, the transmission, the roof rack. That, and the front bumper; those were the only and those were the only things I'd upgraded. None of that was damaged in this accident. Perfect. So like, I'm gonna pull all those things off. I'm gonna put them on a on a new build, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to create a um, a two FE engine. I had read about this on the forums. That was basically you take the head of a three FE, 
engine, the fuel-injected head, you put it on a block of a 2F, because the bolt pattern is the same, um, and you basically end up with a 4.2-liter fuel-injected straight six. Dang! Um, <laughs> but that, I, that seemed great on the surface. Sounds like an awesome idea. That's why I <laughs> sold in, but it, it ended up being a terrible idea because <laughs> you got to really be an engine engineer. You've got to really know how to, like, you're supposed to buy a camshaft from a different vehicle or a different engine, neither one of those two Toyota engines. You've got to take a third-party third? camshaft <laughs> in order to be able to get the engine to time right. Didn't know that. Anyway, I built this badass truck with an engine that I thought was cool but ended up like bathing itself in gasoline and I was getting like five miles per gallon could you know some hills I could only climb in first and second gear um it died I blew the head gasket you know after driving it for I don't know how many miles not that many but I had also um I, I commissioned the build with this guy that I knew um he owned a shop in, in uh, the high desert wasn't really a shop it was kind of his you know garage yeah, um, yeah but yeah. nice guy and very enthusiastic builder and you know it was affordable price but wasn't as you know experienced as I as I uh, as I should have uh, found <laughs> it's the high desert man <laughs> yeah and but everybody got, up so there their fab shop in their garage <laughs> bunch of parts around so I got from him also uh axles from an 80 series so since we were like doing all this like frankenstein work you know between one like you know beat up you know crashed hull into another truck that i bought which i also got that one the fj62 the transmission was like shot when i got it and i got like i think i paid like like four thousand dollars for it you know like even less than my first one (laughs) that's quite a bit of money yeah cheap yeah um and because I was like, I, I, I was totally fine buying a, a, a truck with a shot transmission because I was like, I'm going to swap this transmission. The first thing I'm going to do is change the transmission. Yeah, you're not buying it for that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, I, you know, we, we, we put 80 series axles, um, which I converted. So those are and they were factory locker, you know, in the front and rear. Oh, wow. So you got the um, 80 series axles with lockers. With lockers, that's right. And 80 series axles are also beefier than 60 series axles. Yep. And I had the lockers. And we did a spring over conversion. So I did, you know, I, I put the axles underneath the leaf springs instead of on top of them. Um, what else did we do at that point? We think that was the extent of it. Like 80 series axles, spring over conversion uh, on a 62 with a 2FE engine, which ended up blowing you know basically blowing up and i i found another 3fe engine and i put that in um, wow so so later. the original engine was a fuel injected because it's 62 you put in you know like you said different you know different configuration without the cam which and then it blew up so now you found yeah. another fuel injected 62 series motor right yes right and now you're factory unmodified Okay, so now, so now we're on to a, a whole new engine. <laughs> this is the third engine. It's had many lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and let's see, what else have I done? So I've I've since added uh, 
I've gone through three transfer cases. Oh, yeah. Well, let's tell that story real quick, at least. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know about one story because you said you had three, but um, I still remember Zavin in 2018, I believe. I had just got yeah, my Tacoma. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, get it ready because we're going to go to Pismo. Ooh. Patrick's favorite place. It is, <laughs> yep. PTSD. <Yeah. laughs> he's got PTSD from that Zavin. Um, but uh, he's like, yeah, let's go out to Pismo Beach. And so I was like, yeah, I'm game. And so I, I you know, I went up there with him and uh, I brought a buddy with me. And Zavin's like, hey, man, the first night we were there, he's like, hey, let's go on a night run. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we were totally smashed. <laughs> Great he idea. Goes, he goes, yeah, let's go on a night run. And this is back when they, you know, a lot more stuff was open at yeah. Pismo. And all the dunes and all this other stuff. And so uh, we go out in his Land Cruiser because this thing's a monster. I mean, literally go to Instagram at Zoverlander. It's just like Z Overlander, right? And uh, check out his rig because this thing's a monster truck. Frankenstein monster truck. (laughs) And uh, we go out there and his buddy came with us too. And he had an, what was an FJ40? Yep. Yeah, but it's not just any FJ40. Okay. And uh, he goes out there, and then we're all like, you know, going through the dunes, we're having a good time. And all of a sudden, Zavin decides to go up a hill. And Zavin, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> so I, I'm gunning it, I'm redlining. And let me, let me, let me I, had, I had just, just finished uh, a transfer case rebuild on this thing because I had um, originally put in. Uh, I, I upgraded the the low range ratio to a four to one, um, and that entailed it was a it was a gear set from Advanced Adapters. You you know basically have to clearance the inside of the transfer case to fit this larger gear, and it gives you a you know a four to one low range versus the factory two point three to one. So big upgrade, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I had just just done that. So this is, um, this actually, is just for the breaking it time, in, right? That was that was the second time I did it because the first time I did it, I got the the people who clearance the inside of it did it poorly, and like after a couple years, I mean, it worked fine. I didn't, you know, I was wheeling it. I, I wasn't like bashing it, but eventually there was a seam that cracked um, in my the whole, you know, the case of the, the transfer case, and so. Um, it, it you know started leaking and and you know I needed a, a, basically a brand new transfer case and I found on I hate mud a guy that was hmm. selling this is the genesis also of that black box story so this is there's a, <laughs> a lot of a lot of things conjoin at this thing that that Ben teed up for me <laughs> um, I was looking just for a repl- you know a new transfer case I ended up finding um, a, a uh, was refurbished, but it was in pieces. It needed to be assembled. Um, transfer case from a 60 series that a guy was selling along with a first-generation black box, which is made by a company in Canada called Northwest Fab, which is a planetary reduction housing. It's basically the front of a, you know, it's a, it's another low range. Gives you a 2.7 to 1 reduction. Um, and he was selling them together because he wanted to get out from underneath this 80 series build. You, you, in order for an 80 series to incorporate a black box, you have to change the transfer case. And so he had bought this thing, but then he realized after the fact that, you know, um, 
you have to move the fuel tank, you have to do all these other things to an 80 series, and so he didn't want to do that. He it was, was trying a lot to more than he expected. Parts. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a better price. It was basically half the price of what a black box would normally cost, and I get a transfer case that I needed. <laughs> so, Bonus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Two for one. So I was like, hell yeah, I sprang for that. Took it to the shop in uh in you know that will remain nameless that did this work for me, hmm. um and clearanced the case, uh and installed the black box for me, and um, you know put the 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 second set of four to one gears in, actually, well they did put the four to one gears in that that point I, I think they my old gears were were thrashed and were burnt out and that's why I had to get the new one. I don't exactly remember why I had to do a second set of gears but I did. Yeah, anyway, why not? I just picked <laughs> up this car, this truck from the shop and was going to Pismo basically the first time wheeling it since then. Yeah, this is the, the um, if I remember this correctly, it was like your maiden voyage with this was, new configuration that was like supposedly all brand new and super tough and all these other things. Man. Bulletproof. It's, it's Toyota. Toyota number one. <laughs> yeah, and I try, and I'm so fast forward to what what Ben teed up, which was late night Friday, first night of of a what was it called? Uh, the big Toyota event at Pismo Labor. It's like Cruiser Fest or something that like you, you put on, right? Uh, no, it wasn't called Cruiser Fest. I can't believe I'm Toyotathon. And with my buddy Mike, Ben's in the car with me, and I gun it, and like I hit this dune at the bottom of the dune, Mike, so hard that my like pop of my the top of my truck like bounces up. <laughs> it's like it slams it was, down, and when it slams down, <laughs> we hear this nasty <laughs> like pop. It's cracking up over here, you know, and it's like, but the car is still like climbing, and then off the top of the at the top of the the dune, like it starts, like something is really fucked up, like really bad, and I can't even get over the top of the dune. <laughs> is it your transfer? Are you high centered like, on your transfer case there. or what? <laughs> Say what? Would you? Were you uh, high centered on your transfer case that had fallen off? <laughs> uh, I wasn't high centered on anything. It was just yeah. I exploded. Grenade. Yeah. There's a picture. There's a picture on my Instagram of what what the inside of the transfer case looked like. Oh yeah. <laughs> we we took it out, but it was destroyed yeah um, i still i still remember because like you said you the dune was like a pretty steep dune if i remember it correctly. was not one of the ones yeah i should have. it was not like like a nice great grade you know on the bottom it was like a corner yeah know? it was almost like oh like a, a like a like a between a 90, 90 degree angle it was kind of <laughs> yeah. like it was kind of like hitting a a straight like you know, shoot up, yeah, right? No gradual and, ramp buildup. And I it, still yeah. remember Zavin's like, I gotta get some speed. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. To drive into this wall of sand. Famous last words. Hold was, my beer, Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he just kind of like hit it and the whole front end like pops up like he was saying. It almost felt like it was like rock bouncing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was ter- It was bad, bad, bad. Uh, it was definitely driver error. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it makes for a great story. Oh, yeah, I still yeah. remember that yeah. night. I'll never forget that night. <laughs> so and so that that was the, the the beginning and end of that transfer case. <laughs> um, so 
so okay from that night i still remember because your buddy mike was there he's got the fj40 and um well i want to quickly talk about that fj40 because it's not your standard you know fj40s either have the original motor in it or people do like small block chevy conversions Mm -hmm. on them this guy and and he was very particular because he's like a he's like a mechanic style guy, right? He's got very mechanically he worked, inclined. Yeah, he worked for TRD. He was an engine oh, engineer so he knows for, Nas- shit. for Toyota's NASCAR team. Oh wow. shit! Yeah, but it's <laughs> funny because he works for TRD. He's a Toyota guy. He's got a Toyota FJ40, but he puts in a Volkswagen Passat turbo diesel motor and what it, yeah Fucking yeah send it dude, dude. <laughs> what? No, that's no, no. awesome it was like the it was this very specific motor because i asked him about it and and zavin correct me if i'm wrong but he was telling me this certain year of passat diesel i think it was okay. like 98 or something 2004 yeah and it it was the same motor that they used in those like european like cargo vans or whatever. So it had like more torque or something like that. It was something special about it, but he took that out. He found a donor, put it in his FJ 40 and just upgraded the shit out of it. And this thing was a monster. And that is is a a monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 35 miles per gallon. You know, he's, he's, you know, tweaked the end, the internal, it gets like, you know, 500 torque over 400 horsepower. It's, you know, savage. (laughs) ridiculous yeah and it's funny because you know he doesn't have to work worry about you know california emissions because Mm -hmm. it's like an fj40 it's classic technically yeah like nobody cares right yeah so yeah and he pulled us back there (laughs) and you know he tried to pull me out of that situation but my truck outweighs his by like two thousand pounds so it wasn't working um but anyway after that whole debacle at uh at pismo I had to get another transfer case, so that's the third one which I'm on now. And third engine, uh, third transfer case, yeah, right? Buck. Third engine, third <laughs> transfer case. Um, I subsequently had to get the black box replaced, but the company sent me the hardware to do it because they made a design. There was a design flaw in the first generation black box, which they corrected in the second generation black box. But that was still like a big headache and expense to you know for labor and time. Yeah. But now, you know, the drive line is pretty much dialed in um, in my uh, my Land Cruiser. I also, so I had converted the, the factory locking differentials in the front and rear to mechanical uh, cable actuated. So they were originally electric, electronically actuated. Cable actuated, all right. Yeah, and I found a, a kit, um, I think they still make them, this guy in Texas, his name... Chill Cat Design, C H I L K A T. Nice. <laughs> makes these like, uh, you know, I think you, you can do it for the the eight inch and the uh, which is the the eight inch Toyota differential, which is what they put in the Tacomas and the the Forerunners, and then the nine inch, which is what the Land Cruisers had. Nice. Um, it worked great in the front. I still have it in the front. My front axle is or my front differential is still mechanically actuated, but in the rear. The, the way in which the actuator works, um, and this is all like, you know, I, a, a learning process of, you know, I didn't know this at the time and I know it now because it, it started failing. Basically, the, the, the way that the, the system worked was that you push and pull a cable, which pushes and pulls a lever. It's connected to the, 
the differential and the lever pulls and pushes the the collar that slides in and you know grips with the the carrier or disengages from the carrier in the front you're pushing and pulling a circular lever which twists the gear and okay. the gear um, moves the you know a linear you know moves a, a linear flat gear to push and pull the collar. So the way the front differential, the high pinion um, Land Cruiser front end differential lock actuates and the rear actuates are different. And that was a key reason why the front still works and works great. And I love it because you can like literally feel the engagement, feel the disengagement. A solid um, connection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. solid connection. Uh, but in the rear, you're you're pulling the cable to push the lever. And so, excuse me, no, you're pushing the cable to pull the lever. And so cable, right, it's kind of like a rope. Ropes are good for pulling, but not good for pushing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And <laughs> the way that, the way that uh, the, the thing, you know, the interior was designed, the collar, it's got these like beveled edges grips and like sucks itself in or you know it, it that's what creates the solid connection and because when it was engaged it was being engaged by a cable that was pushing it just the force of over and this happened over many years you know having a lock differential when you're off-roading when you're turn you know it it puts stress it's going to try to push that that collar back out and the cable is not meant to, it's meant to pull it's not meant to push so it was always I always kept having to readjust where the, where it connected on the lever and it was like need to pull it further need to pull it further and didn't dawn on me until too much damage was already done to that that shift collar and which I still have and you can see the rounded at the rounded edges that used to be flat tapers it basically stopped being able to lock it stopped it, it would lock itself you could lock it but if you tried to do any wheeling with it it would automatically unlock oh now that's not good and especially if you're on an obstacle you want to go up you know? exactly yeah exactly so for a number of years i i had a, a, a you know malfunctioning rear locker so once i figured all this out and my friend mike who we just talked about engine engineer he's like you know a guru when it comes to all things mechanics you know helped me along that path um we ended up putting in, I got an Eaton uh, e-locker, and him and I put it put it in together, I think, two two Thanksgivings ago at my house. Nice. Um, Simplify it. Yeah. yeah. Try, Get rid of all that yeah. cable. So that my sounds rear, like a nightmare. Yeah. My rear locker is electronically actuated again, but it's Eaton. Uh, my front is mechanically actuated with a lever. I've got the black box doubler. I didn't put the four to one gears in again because I didn't want to clearance another transfer case and not worth you know, it. Comp what size tires again, on that not thing? Not worth it. What size tires do you have What's on that? Thing? What size tires are you running? They're like huge, so I'm just curious. Thirty seven. Oh, okay. Thirty seven by fourteen and a half. Yeah, yeah. Told you it's a, a monster truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's why you, I mean, you're talking about what gears you did. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Then so like I my my low range is a factory low range is a two point three to one ratio my black box low range is a 2.7 to 1 so they're 
basically a two to one and a basically a three to one. So I can use either one of those, or I can double them together and basically get a six to one. Um, That's a lot of mathematics, man. That's like flying over my head right now. <laughs> yeah, it's I have numbers I have are 20 hard. Forward gears because you multiply, you know, five times two times two. Yeah, yeah, and that's my that's how many ratios I have in the front and then in the back I have you know three three different speeds I could go in reverse wow um, or that's four awesome. different speeds yeah four yeah. different speeds I could go in reverse and, and I mean we, we quickly brushed over this uh, you know you were talking about your build obviously your drive line is just insane and the stories behind it but mm-hmm. you know you're, you're on 37s you're, uh, uh, like I said, uh, a Frankenstein monster truck. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all it's, it's all carefully, you know, detailed out, obviously. Yeah, very well thought out. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have, f- you know, full skids. You have rock sliders. You got all the all, all the basic stuffs, to, you know, to protect the body and everything. But um, do you run yeah. like bead locks on that or? Don't have bead locks and I've never rolled a bead. So, and oh, I roll, I've, I've gone it. down as as far as seven uh, seven psi. Oh really? Shit. That's pretty low on uh That's some, amazing. Uh, steel or aluminum or steel wheels. I don't know what you're running, but yeah. Steel, yeah. Steelies. Steelies, baby. Yeah, buddy. So um, you know, how would you describe more of your style? Uh is it more just did you build this land cruiser specifically for more rock like rock crawling? like more technical trails with big boulders and things of that nature? Or were you trying to go camping with it? I mean, you're on 37, so, you know, you can so do I a lot. I kind of got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, and, Happens and to the best of that's, us. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I got the, the forerunner or why, why I wanted a second rig. Cause you know, like camping in the, my thing, in my, it's built, it's overbuilt and it's, so I love the I love it so much, you know. But it's actually, it's not the best rock crawler because of its, um, well, the the geometry is part of it. I you know, my wheelbase could be wider. JK's wheelbase is longer than mine. I have even though I've got a really good, I've got great departure and approach angles. Um, I've got a lot of weight behind my rear axle. That's where the fuel tank is, which I've upgraded to a 40-gallon tank. Ooh, nice. That's a shitload of gas right there. That's a lot of fluid, right. And I got the 4x4 Labs rear bumper with a tire carrier and a, you know, my tire and wheel combo, you know, it weighs like 160 pounds. Yeah, being steel. Hanging, yeah. You know, that's about like two feet past my rear my rear axle. I know all this because... Well, I know. I mean, it's it it it's very very technically capable, but it it it's not ideal. And I'll tell a story maybe in a, in a little while about my my most recent time wheeling it in Moab and and my scary time there, which you know showed me the geometry of my truck is not <laughs> the most ideal. But I mean, back <laughs> to your question, Ben. I my style is like, I'll go camping, and I'll go wheeling. Nice. You know, if I'm going wheeling, I want to do as hard of a trail as exists, and you're I not taking be able the bypass, right? Right. <laughs> and I've subsequently, you know, I I didn't want to like get rid of this Land Cruiser, get a different truck. I, I I'm never going to buy a Jeep. No offense to Jeep guys, but that's just not my not Toyota. my thing. Toyota. Everybody one. has their, you know. And yeah. um, you know, I wanted to, you know. It's hard for me 
some people are easy to, you know, buy and sell a rig, get rid of it, change it out, get a different one, get a different one. I'm, I like to my own detriment sometimes or many times <laughs> I fall in love. I'm the same you know? way, man. I, 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 hard for me yeah, to get the, rid of the anything. Sentimental attachment. Yeah. I'm like an overland floozy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just tosses them aside. Who's up next? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use and abuse you then toss you aside. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm married to this truck nice. and I got to, uh, I got to see it through. And so I got carried away with the build because I wanted it to do more and my, more things. I would, if I went to a place and I needed, Shit, I need a front locker. I need more clearance. I need bigger tires. I need lower gears. You know, I would figure out a way to do that to my current truck. Yep, upgrade, you know? upgrade, upgrade. And so the style is, you know, it's, and it's not really, it's, I called myself Zoverlander. It's, but it's not the idealist for overlanding this truck because it, you know, it, the AC doesn't work that great. It's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> It's an um, old school overlander. It gets, it's an OG overlander. It gets 10 miles a gallon, right? I'm not going to go. Yeah, you can have a 400 mile range because of my my fuel capacity, but it's still like, you know, I should get better fuel economy if I'm really going to be overlanding. So this really is the, uh, I'm going to go, I'll, you know, I'm going purposefully to go wheeling. I'm going somewhere to like to go on a hardcore trail. That's what this truck is for. Man, you're making a um, making it sound like my truck, but not as cool. Like mine's not as cool though, because I get ten miles of the gallon. <laughs> yeah, AC yeah, sometimes works. You know? Door. Doors, I don't know if it's gonna maybe open or they not. Open. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm not on no 37 capable of you know crawling either though. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> where do I fit? In? Shit. Um, but yeah. yeah, the the forerunner comes in handy for you know just getting me outdoors, enjoying the you know. Uh, exploring the geography like that's what i took when ben and i went on our mojave trip together which was probably my i've, I've been to, through baja a few times a couple you know over you know maybe 15 1600 miles been to oh. utah back a few times arizona but i would say this baja trip was like the most and it wasn't that many miles but it was the most pure like you mean mojave, the mojave road, trip yeah the mojave road um it was like four days and all day, every day was off-road. And I would say that's the closest I've been to like a pure off-road overlanding experience. Yeah. yeah we had a lot of fun um, on that trail. I mean, uh, Patrick was there too. Who we just went out, went. I think it was like two years ago, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was two years yeah, ago. It was too long ago. It was 2020. <laughs> that was the very beginning of, um, was it 2020? It, yeah. It was 2020. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. I think it was, yeah, because like it was still, early it was still like COVID times. January, February. We were, maybe it was 21. It was, it was, was it pre, it wasn't pre-COVID. We were, we still had, yeah, we all just like it was COVID. Said, Fuck it. Yeah, it yeah. was all COVID. Yeah, it was all COVID. So it had to have been January of 21, which yeah. seems like two years ago because it was, you know, we're at the end of 2022 here, but uh, we went, and yeah, because this last year, we went without you at in 2022 at the yeah. same time frame in January. Allie joined us that, yeah, for that trip. It was trip. Uh, January 31st, 2021. Yep. Holy cow. Nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Seems like ages ago, man. But it does. Uh, it way too long ago. Yeah, that was a that was an awesome trip, and um, you know, I, we'll, we'll get into your trips in a second. But uh, yeah, that that Mojave Trail is is something that uh, stuck with me, and as much as I hate it because of the washboards <laughs> and everything else. It just, there's something about it that is just like, I need to do this every year, every January now. 
calling. It's a calling, yeah. Yeah, I feel called back there too. I want to go back to that uh, painted something or other where that we found that old abandoned and you know the the poison the the water source that somebody long ago miners had dropped trash you know equipment in it was full of oil. I want to like clean that out. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. We you took pictures that? there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we should we should schedule some sort of cleanup. I don't know. BLM's not going to do a, it. Surprised they hadn't jumped on that already. Shoot. Um, there's actually I, I came across. Look on. I got this app that Sons of SOS Sons of Superior Smoky, Sons Smoky? of Smoky. It's it's an app where you can like identify if you're off roading or whatever. Identify if there's like a dump site uh, illegal or whatever. You can tag and, like, it. You oh, can pin on that. Cool. Tag it and people. You know, it's like a crowdsourced cleanup effort so really it's called sos sons of smoky like smoky the bear yes okay yeah exactly like smoky the bear right oh that's pretty cool actually because like all the time you'll we'll be out somewhere and somebody just trashes a campsite and just leaves like random dumb shit like a mattress you know but yeah if you could pin stuff that'd be rad yeah because you can't yeah, necessarily I, I, take it with you that yeah day a lot of time you're like room. fucking way back here how am i gonna all my shit you know yeah yeah well that's cool that's a cool thing yeah it's good to know actually shit <laughs> little little plug for an yeah. app I'm not at all associated with. I no. just respect a lot. No, no, that's rad, actually. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, cool. So um, one last thing I wanted to kind of bring up about your build, and I don't know if it's still on there because I, you know, I saw it when you first did it. Didn't you upgrade your front seats? I did. Oh, that's a cool story. Yeah, I, um, my front seats are from a uh, BMW 3 Series. Ooh, I found ooh, this fancy. Um, yeah, and and they're actually um, not power seats. So I don't know how many late model mm. BMWs you guys have ever seen that have mechanically operated seats, right. but I've never seen one. Early and, 2000s, maybe. Yeah, and so this yeah. these came from a, a, a BMW 3 Series, uh, but the four door, not the two door version, because the two door version apparently had the seat belt. I, I totally lucked into these things when I found <laughs> like I was calling like dismantlers. I needed a new seat. One of the frames, one of the, and I tried to repair it a few times and on my you know factory front seats from the, but it was broken. So my like my driver's seat would like wiggle all the time. That's um, annoying. Wiggle, yeah, wiggle. and it was. I thought it was a little bit unsafe too. If like ever something ever happened, yeah, it's probably I, not know, a good thing. I need my seat to be anchored to the ground it might break um Did but i found the... these yeah bmw and they you know I, I bought brackets there was there was some some auction on bring a trailer that i was clicking through and i saw like oh these are cool front seats how'd you get those in? and i like messaged somebody and they, they commented and they're like oh yeah get the brackets from i'm drawing a blank about the the company that sells these but if you pretty easy to find online if you google like bmw front seats land cruiser brackets um, oh, i was wondering like if they were able to raise it up because i figured the bmw seats sits kind of low so i didn't know if they would it sit it does raise it a little bit it raises okay. it maybe like an inch or two not not too much okay. but these seats are adjustable they can they can actually raise and lower like if they're three-way adjustable oh, shit it's really? slide front That's back crazy. And it's mechanical recline. Like that? wow what's that and it's mechanical and it's able to raise and lower like that yeah, yeah, mechanical is badass. That's sick. Yeah, because my Mini Cooper has the same thing. It's all mechanical, but you can pump it up. You pump it up and pull it down. Yeah. That's yep. kind of cool. Down. 
<laughs> Shit, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love those seats, man. They're super comfortable and they look great. That's rad. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I remember you showing those to me because you literally just put those in when you came out to my house because you were you were out in my area yep. for something. I forgot what it was, but uh, yeah, you stopped by and I was like, ooh, those are nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classes it up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. Land Cruiser pinkies up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, um, you know, you know, your build is insane. Uh, I, I mean, just like you said, you can go rock crawling, you can go on crazy trails you can also just go camping with a lot of gas Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know i i remember recently and when i say recently it's kind of times like abstract at this point but um you had damaged this rig in the rear correct yep and what trip was that on so i had just I forget what it, it, it was in Hungry Valley, and I, f- I forget what exactly I had just done to it, but I just finished something and was using it, because um, that's the story of my life with this truck. It's like <laughs> it's either broken or I'm using it, and then something breaks, and then I it sits, and then I have to wait to fix it, and or whatever. I I just this is like my first time taking it out for some reason. I went to Hungry Valley. We had just just fucking around on the on the four by four training course there and some of the, you know, kind of easy, easy obstacles and other, and other trails. And then late in the afternoon, there was like a quote unquote hard, one of the harder trails was like through a Canyon. And we're like, okay, well we can, we can actually take a shortcut and take this trail based on the map and end up, you know, more close to the exit. So it's not going to add, shouldn't add too much time to our day. We're already like kind of winding down, wanted to go home. And my truck is, pretty wide and this trail got narrower and narrower and narrower. <laughs> Is it like and an ATV trail or something? Shortcut, yeah. Yeah, I don't it it may have been, but it <laughs> I think it was rated it said it I mean a, a, a forerunner, my forerunner could have squeezed through this little this little corner, but it was like a sharp corner and there was a big rock overhang on the right side and the the bank you were kind of in a creek and the bank like was you know, you had to climb up on the bank a little bit to go around this corner. And my truck, I climbed up on it, and I'm. I, you know, one of the things I'm doing right now is a suspension upgrade. I got some custom shock absorber, you know, kings on their way. Mm. Uh, but but my shock absorbers previously were totally overmatched, totally too short of travel. And anyway, the ones that are on there right now um, are coming off for this reason, and it. It, it lurched over. It couldn't hold itself straight up, and it lurched uh, right over into the into that rock overhang. And I damaged the rear quarter panel, um, dented it, and I was like, shit, you know, like, you know, my, my pristine truck, you know, some body damage. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was, you know, not really. It just... Scratches are one thing, bad. but when you get the first big dent, that's kind of, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then so I was like, okay, I'm turning around after this, and uh, actually, you know what? I think. Uh, let me back up. The I I went around and the when it le- le- leached over, it damaged it and it also blew out my 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 window back there. Yeah, oh, that's shit. that's what I was gonna mention because I thought your whole glass just got shattered. Yeah, I I forgot which side it was, but it was the it was the passenger side that blew out, and 
Um, that was fucking scary. It sounded like a shotgun blast in my in, inside of the car. And luckily, I had tinting a film, you know, over it, so I, we didn't get sprayed with. I didn't have a bunch of, you know, shards of glass to clean up, but it was like totally spiderwebbed. Um, dented the metal, broke the glass, so I was like very dejected. Ended up finding a little place to turn around. Turned around. Spent, you know, got back to that same corner and was going the opposite direction and spent literally like two hours trying to dig out this, this, um, so you didn't bank, smash the so glass in your, on your driver's have, side, you know, exactly <laughs> for sure. Um, but I did end up and I didn't break the glass there, but I did end up damaging the, the metal again. Poor girl. But, um, I ended up finding it was, it was kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise because I always wanted to, I always like, was jealous of the sliding rear windows of the 80 series. Yeah. Um, and you can also like the, they, they make gold wing style ones. Yeah. The emo um, wings. That's what our buddy uh, Herb, he's got a GX 460. He replaced his two rear windows with these emu wings that pop out and they're yeah, like little, dope. little access yeah. to the rear. And there was a, um, I had known about like that style of stuff ever you know for a long time. There's a there's a guy in Colorado, his company is called Wagon Gear. He makes kind of custom up upgrade stuff for you know select number of you know Land Cruisers, and one of them is the '60 series with these gull wing windows, but they cost like two thousand dollars a piece. A piece? Not for a set? A piece? <laughs> Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, not for a set. Wow. And, you know, I was like, I didn't want to spend that much money so no. i was like i was just gonna like replace the broken window with um aluminum or some kind of metal yeah. or glass but glass was actually you know factory glass was hard to find too but then my friend mike found this it was it was a company like the the link was actually on facebook they didn't even have a legitimate website but it was <laughs> an Australian company fuck. called 4x oh or 4x off-road something like that and um, they were selling gullwing windows with a better latch system for four hundred Australian dollars a piece. How much and is an Australian dollar? Like, yeah, wait, wait a minute. What's the conversion <laughs> yeah, on that? Fifty dollars American, and what that's, that's cheaper than the glass would have cost me. So I scooped that up and like actually shipped it to me pretty quick from Australia, and I installed those. So now I have gullwing windows in my Land Cruiser on the in the back. So that's, cool. That's so rad. cool. Yeah, man. I would, I would really want to do that. They have the same kind of useless windows in the very back of the, the Land Rover. And I would love to have those gullwing windows. But yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, in the Land Rover, they're a lot bigger than the Land Cruiser yeah. rear windows. Those yeah. things are huge. So, no, that's cool, and man. these ones are actually better than the, than the wagon gear ones because the way the wagon gear ones lock, like the latch is, it's, it's built in, like it's on the, the frame. And you twist, like, it's a cable-orient, you know, actuated latch system. And so you have to, like, the cable ends up being, and the lock ends up being in the uh, the side marker lamp. You have to replace your side marker lamp. It's like a hidden thing. And then you, you twist that, and it unlatches the window. But then you have this big bulbous thing right where your arm is. If you're going to reach into the car, it would, like, scrape your tricep. That's good. Oh, no, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so these ones that I got, like the latch is built into the window, and it's this little like pressed button, and it still can lock. But once you flip up the window, the latch is like up there above your head. It's like built into the window, so it, it doesn't 
doesn't obstruct the the use. It's a much more functional smart. design. Yeah, that's smart. And it's cheaper. Yeah, fuck. And it's way cheaper. <laughs> you could buy four of them. Or it was. I think they. I think they've made it a lot more. I they think caught on. Yeah. Realized. Yeah. Got in on the ground level, and yeah, it's nice. Yeah. No, well, overland tax. They're yeah. like, oh, we can tax these fools. Ooh, people are buying these <laughs> suckers. Yeah, man. Well, that's cool. So, um, yeah. Well, then let's get into some of your trips, man, because I'm yeah, sure that people want to hear about your trips. Like you, you mentioned Mojave Road. We can kind of start there. That's like one of your more memorable trips, it sounds like. And um, before we get too deep into that one, I was going to tell you, remember the second night that we were camping up in the higher elevation area where it snowed on us? Yeah. Yeah. We, we found uh, this past year the secret little location in the back that's kind of wooded and everything. So um, that was a pretty it's cool even- find. Yeah, that I asked wanted... where we were. Like, if you want where we were, and kept going. Yeah, it like a stone's throw distance away. Like you would never wow. see it. Like you wouldn't recognize uh-uh. it unless you knew it a was little there. Further. And I actually was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kind of squeeze through here, and I did, and I ended up finding it. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, so we'll have to go back, Zav, and is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> Definitely, dude. Okay, yeah. So January 23 is right around the corner. <laughs> right, baby. <laughs> that is right. So, so cool. So, um, what was the, what, did, what is your favorite or most memorable trip beyond Mojave, uh, that you've been on that you'd like to talk about? So two come to mind. Um, one in my forerunner and one in my land cruiser, uh, the forerunner one Baja, Mexico, me and my buddy Josh spent, 11 days Ooh. we camped out of the truck every day Dang. um we did a lot of off-roading i mean we part of it was on on roads and then we like go off-roading and you know kind of take shortcuts here and there but a lot of the you know we explored we basically went down the sea cortez side to baja sur we crossed the peninsula and you know, I think we were a little bit further south than Guerrero del Negro, or I think that's what it was called, the like seaport midway through, midway down Baja. And then we climbed back up on the, the Pacific side and saw so many little towns, have so many like little inside jokes and stories and memories from like where we ended up camping, you know, what happened there. And I, I put a total of, you know, like 1,700 miles on my truck just on that one trip. And it was, you know, Definitely one of my standout experiences. I believe it. Um, so, what what vehicle did you take? Did you take the Forerunner? Forerunner, yeah, for okay. fuel economy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smart, of yeah. course, yeah. Um, did you guys have a plan, or did we just well, wing it? One second. So, okay. so basically, you took that vehicle. You said you had your buddy with you. Did he ride with you in the Forerunner? Or did yeah. he have his own vehicle? It was the two of us in my truck, and we we took the back seats out, and we had all our camping gear in there, and I I, you know, put a you know spare fuel my high lift jack extra tools on the on the roof and locked everything down and you know we, i don't have a drawer system but and i don't have a fridge in there um but it was you know it was a very very effective and efficient overland vehicle where we were living out of the truck for 11 days that's that, so awesome that's crazy because like i mean did you yeah. go with any other people just us two one oh. vehicle, two people. Ooh, wow. right there, yeah. That's like hardcore, man. Well, good thing you brought all the tools. I mean, did you break down at all? Um, we did not break down, but we did have a bad gas situation where 
we we kind of you know we had to flush the system and then put some new gas in there and even after that my my injectors were kind of kind of messed up and I had to have them um, pull them out and this was after we got back but we limped it home but we got home but I did have to did have a bad gas situation and we also did have a um, two recoveries that we had to do by ourselves Ooh. when we were you know you know out in middle of nowhere Mexico yeah it's, you don't <laughs> want to get stuck in yeah nowhere yeah. yeah that's that could be scary yeah yeah okay so so that, I mean the, that's a that's a cool trip man I mean 1700 miles that's no joke I mean I literally uh, just got back from my Moab to Spanish Fork trip and all that stuff for, with the uh, summer camp rig for dirt and that I put 1850 I think is what it was on my truck that was a lot of driving man it is yeah and if you don't have a comfortable chair and you know a, a nice <laughs> AC system it, it it's taxing yeah, that'll oh, wear man. you out quick. What time of the year yeah. did you go to Baja? That was May, May 2019. We actually finished it right before um, the Baja 500 was starting. In fact, our last day, we, we were on the – we stayed at Coyote Cows, which, you know, if you're familiar, it's like one of the, like, hot spots for, like, Baja racers to stop there. It's a little hostile type of a place. You can rent a room. You can get a nice meal, take a shower. Um, and uh, that on our, when we were leaving there, we were going to go from there back to you know United States. We had to go on the, the course, the Baja 500 course, and we knew that they started the, the night before. Um, so the, you know they always start with the motorbikes and then... The UTVs, the side by sides are next, and then the the trophy trucks are the last. And so, like, we were, I was nervous because I was like, if we don't get on the road by like 11 a.m., we're yeah. gonna still be on the trail by around noon, and that's like prime time when like the leaders of the, you know, the first motorbikes are gonna be like coming through this area. <laughs> so I don't want to be like, you know, obstructing some racer yeah, being you that know, guy like, over you know, there. <laughs> don't want to be that guy nerfing you off the silverland track uh, yeah. crowding yeah. the trail <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man but you made it but, right yeah we made it we made it and nice. we got to be friends that night we the, the 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 previous night when we were there i got totally smashed at the bar <laughs> me and josh and <laughs> ended up like with you know making friends with this guy that Apparently is a is a is a famous you know in the in the world of Baja racing you know he was featured in the the movie Dust to Glory. Oh, sick. oh hell yeah! Um, I love that movie. He was like the 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 nemesis, whatever the pro- protagonist guy who made it was the, the movie. The antagonist. He was the guy who was like, I gotta beat him. Mm. Ah, yeah. okay. Well, it may have been our uh, our buddy who was just on this last episode. Last, <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> he raced. Uh, he raced Baja 500, and he lives in Baja now. So okay. you know, everybody keeps talking about Baja, and and, and we're gonna have to go. Yeah. We're gonna have to do a little special trip down there. So, so close. So why it's not? something special? And you got to stop at Coyote Cal's, man. It's yeah, it's a, a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure to get super smashed and make friends with all the yeah. local Baja racers. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> so Zavin, with that eleven day trip, what would be something that you would do differently now that now that it's all over? I think going by yourself is not I would never do that again. Yeah, that's a little sketchy. Yeah. 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 We 
we you put got ourselves lucky, especially we, we got stuck. scared a couple times like we would have to hike out like you know <sighs> a day's hike if we if we couldn't get our truck unstuck and wow yeah um and speaking of that how'd you guys get stuck just loose sand soft sand yeah. Just, gotcha. yeah you know when there's no when the trail disappears um and you know it was i mean fortunately like you know as shovel took more air out of the tires and have a locking differential and we managed to get out but um yeah there was a couple times where we were we were worried that like oh man if i go if i get a flat tire here we're like on you know there's cactuses there's shrubby bushes that are like really gnarly you know they were shredding our arms and legs when we're outside walking around um and we were like off-roading for probably four hours by that point and we had to we had to turn around because our trail disappeared on the it was on my map on my gps but we we it like disappeared in front of us and we couldn't find it and it was like we're not going to just drive over foliage for indeterminate amount of time um yeah that can get real dangerous i mean our our last guest who, who was on you know he was even talking about like the the storm that just went through uh recently like two, yeah. two weekends ago or whatever it literally changes the landscape of everything out there so like yeah, you said the trails, trails just disappear because yeah. they get washed out or it just is not yeah. recognizable anymore so yeah yeah we were there was like a, a, a point of interest on my map like a historical mission you know supposedly a building that the jesuits built in the 1800s or something that we were going to go check out but it was there was no ruins there was no nothing you know when we got there oh wow and yeah so don't trust the internet (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't trust the internet don't trust wild goose we did find on that trip you know where we got the bad gas from uh we did make the we made it we made a friend there uh (laughs) porto san francisquito and there was a, a fisherman guy who you know lived there and he sold gas and we we didn't really need it, but I was already kind of low, and I was like, let me just get it and let me save my... But anyway, nice guy. He didn't know that his gas was bad. He just had it for too long. Um, and uh, he told us where to where to find a, a cave that had ancient petroglyphs painted oh. inside of it that is not like, you know, a, a well-known, you know, it's not like a, a, a landmark or yeah. a touristy type of a thing. And he told us this really, you know, one of those like, okay, you're driving here when you go up and down three, three up and downs, and then you're gonna see a, you're gonna see a, a tire, then you're gonna see another tire that's painted white. When you see the tire that's painted white, go 50 meters, and then you're gonna see the thing on the left. To go on the thing on the left, drive until you can't drive anymore. Stop, start climbing up. When you you you'll see the pathway when you start climbing up, and you'll end up in the cave. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> the best directions, know, dude. <laughs> to believe him or not, but we did it. Sounds and we legit. ended up finding the cave. Oh, you found and, it. Yeah, and we have pictures in there. And, like, every – what was real trippy was, like – and he told us. He didn't tell us what we would find there. He's like, when you find it, you'll know. It's And it's, like, it's really weird. And luckily, he spank, he spoke English or broken English. Every – there were humanoid – pictures there was like some animal pictures but there was lots of humanoid things with you know their hands sticking up probably like 10 or 15 of these paintings in there 
Like every aliens? single one of the humanoids. Ooh. Well, like they just like look like stick figures. Mm. But every single one of them had six fingers on both hands. Mm. Aliens, yeah, for sure. For sure. Aliens. I was, I was literally just watching Ancient Aliens <laughs> <Right>? on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, it's like my favorite show. And the guy, I can just see him now. He's like, aliens. The dude with the hair. <laughs> yeah, the dude with the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Too much Tanner. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh, well, so you found That'd it. Did, bitches, you, did you post them on Zoverlander? Um, I did. Yeah, there's one, I think it's a series of photos. Like, there's probably like 10 or 12 photos from that one trip. And one of the photos is from that, from, that's, you know, inside that cave. That's awesome. Yeah. So anybody listening, go to at Zoverlander and try to find these uh, petroglyphs, man. On the gram. Yeah. <laughs> find the aliens. Well, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, hit me up. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll try and give you the, the same instructions that uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it may have changed. That guy gave us. The tire may be gone by now, but yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to hit up our Baja buddy see if he knows about you, that. Heard these caves, yeah. Camp Four Low. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So oh yeah, I know Camp Four Low. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's who was on last week. Um, yeah, nice. he's a really cool guy. I actually met him uh, on my Moab trip, and he's. It's so funny because he's got this old beat up Toyota truck and and it's got that mural of Baja, uh, the map on it. So I think he needs to add a few more instructions to get to the uh, petroglyphs (laughs) there you're talking about. (laughs) I did get a few, few, there's also some nice uh, uh, hot springs that you can get to Mm. kind of more in the north part of Baja that there's a... I, he knows where some of them are because I, I talked to him yeah, before yeah. our trip, and there's there's a few a few different places that you can go to, and um, yeah, the hot springs up there really that's a nice place, nice thing to find too. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I've I have this like huge urge to go down to Baja. I already uh, submitted for my passports and everything else, so um, as soon as I get that, I'm gonna force Jared and Patrick to come with me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, awesome Zobin, I mean, if, if you're interested, I'd love to have you you back. Yeah, that... man, I, I'd love to go too. I'd love it. You know, your we need address. you need a good chunk of time because driving is slow out there, and you wanna you wanna get. You know, I like getting deep, and I. Yeah, One of these time. days, I'm gonna drive all the way to the, to the tip to Cabo. But you know, it took us better part, you know, five, five or so days to get halfway down the peninsula. Well, you know what's funny is is uh, Camp Four Low guy. He was uh, just talking about what's his name, Matt. I'm terrible yeah, with names. It was Matt. Yeah, yeah. Matt. That's his yeah. name. Yeah. So Matt was telling us like he actually wants to do a full, you know, you know, he does the Camp Four Low adventure type thing, um, and he wants to take a group all the way down to Cabo as well. So. Um, you know, maybe we can convince him if we can get a average overlanders group together and, and make it happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, bro. Oh That'd man, be a fun one. Put aside some time for that. Yeah, yeah, that's like you know, I want to go to Oregon. I want to do all the Pacific Northwest and everything, but the other part of me really wants to go to Baja. <laughs> and it's right at our fingertips, living in SoCal. It's like it's basically yeah. our backyard. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if you have a passport, you can just cruise on over. Have fish tacos, hang out on the beach with Matt and Camp Four Low, and you know he's got that fiesta coming up in October. So I mean, any listeners that want to go and they're they're ready to go next month, I mean, get a head start and then show us the way. You know what I mean? You do have to have a little bit of a precaution down there because firearms are totally illegal, and uh, if you get caught with them, you'll end up in a jail. As is marijuana. Oh really? uh, We almost. Yeah, and there's military checkpoints very, very frequently, you know. 
probably went through like 10 military checkpoints throughout that trip. Wow. They're yeah. just there permanently. Yeah, Matt was telling us that, um, you know, he does the whole Camp 4 Low thing, and he was giving out gifts, and one of the gifts one time, you know, if they sign up and they, they take his expeditions, uh, was a bunch of knives. And even knives are illegal if they're not, like, in a tool type of utility type of nice. uh, format. Like, if you I have almost an... got... Go ahead. Yeah. I was like, I got, I had one time at those military checkpoints, I got stopped. They asked us to get out. I had a knife on my hip and I got approached by a guy and he was like, he was very concerned about the knife on my hip. And I was like, I don't know, you know, this is just, it's a camping knife. I was camping, you know, like it's not, you know, it's not a weapon. And, uh, yeah, he, he made me feel like he was doing me a favor by not arresting me. Wow. Yeah. It's almost best not to do it, but like, you know, knives are kind of knives. I mean, especially like you said, a camping knife is like way well, as different. As soon as you cross cool, into TJ, you, know? you can go into any store and pick up your variety of knives. <laughs> you, know, you just can't everywhere. have it on you because it's like concealed, yeah, yeah. Like concealed weapon the, type deal. Yeah, the headache. Yeah. Op- <laughs> I like to open carry my pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> it's a different country. You got to play by their yeah, rules. Their rules. Their fucking. rules and their culture. Yep. Yeah, don't fuck around. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say like I use it to open cerveza and uh, cut fish tacos. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the carne asada meat. I got to cut it, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's how, yeah. Good luck with that one. That, that's gonna be my. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just make sure I have carne asada with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, hey, you guys want to eat some tacos? Yeah, I'll make them up right now. He's like, I don't want no gringo tacos. <laughs> yeah. I fuck your tacos. Yeah. They'll be like, let me cook them. Yeah. Like, all right, perfect. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well that's cool, man. How far have you taken the uh, the FJ? Um, so the furthest I've taken that was, I think you Moab and back was the furthest I've driven the FJ, the Land Cruiser. Okay, okay. and that was back in May. That's a lot of miles this past year, and that was the other trip I would like to. I was gonna I was gonna highlight because you know Moab has been on my bucket list for a long time, and I hadn't been before this year. Um. And my truck was, you know, finally, you know, in a in a state where I felt it was reliable enough and capable enough to go out there. I ended up being like the only. Well, there was one other Toyota with me, but it was a bunch of bunch of Jeep guys. Um, I'm Armenian, and there was a bunch of Armenians. You know, it was like an Armenian off-roading trip, and so we did a lot of barbecues. And oh, um, by the way, let Armenian me stop you the right radio. there. Could, let me stop yeah. you right there. Because I camped with you and your Armenian buddy, and when they cook, yeah. they fucking cook. Some legit barbecue. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's some of the best food I've ever had in my life. It was on Pismo Beach, and this guy was making these huge kebabs on like these swords, basically. I know I don't know what the terms are, but they were like yeah. these huge like skewers. And man, he was just going to town. I was like, it was almost like he was like a professional chef that just came out to Pismo Beach with a bunch of Armenian food. I was like amazed. It was awesome. Yep. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> Got distracted by food. No, that's true. I mean, we 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 joke we're we're a a, a barbecue club with a with a four by four problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I like that. that. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we went out there and and mostly Jeeps, late model JKs, some JLs, very upgraded. And my old school Land Cruiser, I was, you know, I felt very proud being, I didn't even, not even in the town of Moab did I see a truck that was older than mine, let alone Hell on yeah. the trails that we were on. I never saw a truck that was like from the 80s. 
That's awesome. Um, Representing the old school. I like it. Yeah. And so like we, we, you know, it slayed all the trails. It was doing so great. Um, until the last day when we did hell's revenge (laughs) and you know, hell's gate, which is, if you've been out there, if you've seen the videos, you know, you know what it is. It's a, it's a shoot, a very steep, you know, shoot in a, in a, in a, um, whatever rock formation. Yeah. Well, it's sandstone. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally just got back like a week and a half ago and we did did hell. Did you attempt it? Well, I, they wouldn't let me drive the Jeeps because we rented Jeeps. I wasn't going to use oh, my okay. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did Hell's Gate. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're talking about the chute that goes upwards, right? Yeah. That's like the famous, you know, you see all the YouTube videos. But nobody talks about the way down. Yeah, the way down is even sketchier. You're right. Dude. Yes. It's way sketchier. <laughs> It was way sketchier. I was like more nervous mm-hmm. riding with the guy in a Jeep who was like, this ain't nothing. He does it every day, like yeah. 10 times a day. And I know the Jeep was capable of doing it. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the the down section was way gnarlier. Yeah. You can't go up the down section. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at all. You, yeah. you know? So basically when you get down there, you have to go up. You're committed. Uh, yeah. Going yeah. up. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead, Devin. Yeah. Well, it was just, you know, I, I was, I kind of psyched myself up to do it. In fact, there was, we had seen another uh, late model Tacoma third gen. He flopped himself on the side Ooh. and he got vapor, you know, hydro locked his engine and he didn't have the, I, I gave him tools. Luckily I was like, you know, kitted out with all the stuff and we were able to like get his truck started again, but he had already called a, a tow, a tow truck recovery. service and it was, you know, recovery. Fucking and so fortune. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but even that guy didn't have the right the right socket to pull out his uh his spark plug the spark plug socket that fits the Toyota. So I had it. They pulled it out. They you know got the the oil out from the top of the engine and you know put the spark plug back in and the engine started. Nice. Um, oh, can I stop you? Anyway, because you said he hydro locked his motor. Like, how did he do that? There's no water. Because it flipped over on the side. It was oil. Oil, oil got in the head of the oh, engine. Oh, yeah. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, flooded yeah. it. Yeah, and that's not um, good. <laughs> yeah, it spent like you know, I don't know how long, an hour or so or more on on literally on its side. In, oh, yikes, man! You know, and uh, so once he was cleared out, um, a couple other guys who were waiting there like did it, and I got you know pumped myself up. You know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I was the first guy in our group to go, and you know, I'm on radio with you know my spotter. And we had seen people, and the, my spotter had been there a few times. He's, you know, he he's very trustworthy. He's very experienced. Knew the lines and um, stuff. Yeah. yeah, he knows the lines. He's like a particular point where you, it, the wave, you know, your car is, it's gonna pop up in the front, and then it comes down. So you gotta like stay steady and yep. don't panic, not freak out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I attempted it, and he. My truck was wider than he was normally, you know, he was accustomed to. And I, I also, so that, that geometry stuff I was talking about before with so much weight behind my rear axle, mm-hmm. that, that ended up being a, a, a big problem here. Um, I got to that point where the wave happens and my truck, like, it didn't come down. It kept going up. <laughs> and then, like, I was literally, like, teetering. I thought... You know, oh my God, I'm gonna flip Is over it? backwards. Yeah. Uh, 
that's, and there's that's a video, the video on your on your Instagram, right? You have an Instagram. Yeah, that's the latest that's thing so awesome. that I posted, right? <laughs> the uh, yeah, the the little like marker when you get the little blue paper, you know, when you when you pay for your entrance to some trail. I don't even think it was Hell's Revenge or whatever. That was on my dashboard. That you know flew out of the out of the driver's side window. You can see that. Oh. But I was I was no joke like vertical, and I you know it was by God's grace that I you know floated slowly back down and it was like my engine my engine died oh. I couldn't start the engine again you know because it was such an a steep angle yep, yep. um the engine you know when your engines died you don't have brakes you don't have steering um i was like shitting a brick right there poker factor beyond you know <laughs> beyond description and uh yeah i got winched out and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when that. you get your suspension, I mean, like those Jeeps that we uh, were, we were with Outlaw Jeep Rentals, um, they actually have set up those Jeeps specifically for the Moab trails for obvious reasons. They have. They rent them. Yeah. And those things were just so stable. You know, they, they just kind of like articulated properly and everything else. And so when you get your new Kings on and everything else, I bet you'll have zero problems because those guys were on you know, 37s and they were just, it was like zero problem, you know, I'll just definitely be- do it again, but I'm not, I'm going to take off my rear tire yeah, and not be carrying that rear. extra weight. And I'm going to do it with not a full tank of gas. I was going to say, yeah. have like a quarter tank of gas in there. Yeah. Yeah. Strapped to the spare um, to the hood. But I'll do it again for sure. Cause it was, it was, yeah, you're right. The, the shock absorbers, that's one of the reasons, you know, it, it, it failed. I mean, there was a few reasons, but that was, that was definitely one of them. My suspension was not functioning correctly. Yeah, yeah, because theirs just articulated like it was no problem, and I don't even remember that we went a Jeep Wave because I was sitting in the passenger seat, and uh, it it seemed like it was like no big deal, you know. But that's because they're set up up properly, you know. Yeah. But well, cool. All right. I think what was like some little stock truck just did that. I can't remember like when they were dude. A Kia Kia Safari. That's what it was. Yeah, Kia (laughs) Safari. Yeah, I hate that. I work for Kia. I hate that. I remember my clients when I, I told them, you know, I took a week off to go to Moab and they knew I was out there and they knew I'm like, you know, an off-roader and they're like, did you do Hell's, Hell's Gate? <laughs> I didn't want to like admit to the key clients that their stock Sorrento did something my Land Cruiser could not do. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> On 37s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they took some body damage, but I mean, that's to be expected because mm. they, they didn't really do anything besides put a few skid plates on it just to protect the oil pan, and then um, they put all-terrain they disconnected tires. disconnected the sway bars. Yeah, yeah. disconnected the sway bars, and they, they put ter- tires on it. And I don't know. I mean, they probably destroy the transmission because it's I mean I was in double low range and that thing was like I needed every every <laughs> bit of mechanical advantage to climb that thing and if that you know a car with a, just a no not even a low range just in first gear I I don't, I don't know, know how, how they, they made it yeah. <laughs> no shit, dude. sucks we revise it afterwards <laughs> no yeah, they probably right. no, they, they, they probably crushed that thing yeah <laughs> yeah Oh man, that's too funny. Yeah, I just remember because I was working with you when they did that, and I still remember that uh, Jeep had to respond. Yeah, because that's like that's like their area. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, like you go into Moab, everything's Jeep. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So they do Easter Jeep Safari and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to do Easter Jeep Safari. I, I want to go back and actually do some trails in my Colorado. Yeah, 
but yeah, might need to take off a rooftop tent because I don't want yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have a Zavin issue where it like, <laughs> yeah. flips backwards. You know? Did you have a tent on yeah. at the time when you were doing that? No, just bare roof. Did not. Yeah. No, I've done a rooftop tent. I still have one, but you know, because I like like I was saying earlier that the purpose of this vehicle is to go off roading. Yeah, more wheeling. Um, the extra weight on top is a liability, and like. A rooftop tent is ideal for an overlanding experience, in my opinion, you know, when you're, yeah. like, needing to pick up camp and move camp rapidly. But if you're going and, like, making a base camp, and you're especially if you're going to use a vehicle during the day, it's kind of a nuisance to, like, have the rooftop tent. Yeah. yeah. Tear down, set back up again. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shift pods are amazing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, cool. Um any other trips come to mind? I mean, those definitely stand out to me. Um, we talked about Mojave Road. That was closest I've been to, like, true overlanding. Longest distance and longest duration was, was definitely Baja. Utah was actually a long distance, and that was in the, the Land Cruiser. I've taken that up to, um, you know, another cool trip. Not really off-roading-wise, but, like, I saw the, the 2017 total solar eclipse from from Oregon, you know, oh, in the path of totality. Cool. That was something else. And the next one, you know, everybody out there should put on their calendars. It's it's in July 2024. Hmm. Okay, um, same spot? It, the path of totality. No, it's going to stretch through middle of the country. So, Texas. Oh, Texas is going to be your your hot spot. There's a lot of places throughout Texas, and it's only about ten to twelve miles wide. This this strip of you know where the the full complete shadow exists, and oftentimes it's over ocean, so you can't go see it. And oftentimes mm. it's in other countries. But you know we're fortunate here in 2017 there was a pathway, and then in 2024 there's going to be actually it might be 23. It might be next year. Let me huh. look that up. Well, let us know, man, because I'd love to see stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm going to plan a big trip. I got buddies yeah. in Texas, and I'm definitely going to be organizing something around that. Awesome. Well, I'm your buddy in California that wants to go to Texas, oh, yeah, so you hit yeah, me yeah. up. Right. <laughs> it's going to be April 8th, 2024. That's when the next, uh, the when Texas is going to be in the path of totality for the uh, solar eclipse. Is April? Yep, April 8th, 2024. Okay. Dang. Well, I stand corrected. Add it Thank to the you. calendar. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be better that it's uh, in April because it'll be better weather because Texas can get pretty hot and muggy during their summers. Yeah, July would be hot. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Got the t-shirt <laughs> yeah. and the postcard. So, <laughs> right on. Where are uh, you going to get trips planned coming up or other than the uh, Texas, obviously? No, not, not in the... Uh off-road or camping related stuff i actually was i was just camping last time um it was late august right after my birthday in uh, a lone pine near oh. all the alabama hills i had not mm. been there before love that area yeah um highly recommend it and i recounted that i i success i went camping february march april may june july august this year Oh. That's an awesome so, amount of camping. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I'm bummed that, I mean, it's September's almost done. I'm actually going to be flying to North Carolina tonight. I'm mm-hmm. going to be there for the next 10 days. I'm not going to have a chance to go camping in in September. October, I'm going to try to do something, I hope, and you know, but I, I don't have anything on the on the books right now. And my truck, my Land Cruiser's 
Um, it'll have to be in the forerunner because I'm I'm waiting on those shock absorbers and also a drive a drive shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to change the drive shaft in my Land Cruiser. Yeah, man. Well, October. I'm gonna plug uh, my buddy Rory at uh, Olaf Events. Um, he's having at Holcomb Valley Ranch. He's hosting the Olaf Oktoberfest. And uh, I believe that's on the 14th, 15th, uh, that weekend of October. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll be out there. The Average Overlanders are actually hosting the Beer Olympics. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Whatever that is. (laughs) Whatever that's going to be. But, you know, we're going to have some games and there's going to be beer and we're just going to be hanging out and having a good time. So uh, join us. And if you use our discount code, uh, OlafEvents.com, get your tickets and discount code is AVERAGE. Because that's what we are. That's right. Adam just used it. <laughs> twig rig. He just, you know, saved him 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Twig rig. I, I want to I make sure Land Beaver comes because, you know. Well, he, he said he's going. He said he's going? Yeah. Okay, right. Land Beaver, you got to. Allie's going to be there. Allie's going to be there. She's going to have a little ladies night camp out area. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So, hey, all you ladies, you'll have your own little uh, campsite. No no dudes bugging you. Actually, all the dudes will probably, you know, Yeah, guess what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's just how it normally goes. But, uh. But yeah, no, I mean, we'll be out there. It's going to be a good time. So, Zavin, yeah. we'd love to have you if you're, uh, if you're not busy. For sure, man. We'll be in touch about it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That'll be fun. Well, uh, I know that you have your flight to North Carolina tonight, yeah. so I don't want to keep you too, too long. <laughs> um, you know, thanks for thanks for coming on. Let's get to some plugs, guys. Yeah. You want to you wanna go ahead, Patrick? Cause... Got anybody? Yeah, uh, let me think here. Um, I just want to bring up uh, something that Zavin mentioned, uh, Sons of Smokey. That's a really cool site like, yeah. slash organization. Um, they, they do have an app, so go ahead and check them out. I'm definitely going to go deeper into them uh, and uh, kind of go into that because I love I love cleaning up the trail. I'd yeah. Leave yeah. it better than when I found it, so... Yeah, for at it, yeah. If you could just pin stuff, because like, all the time I see crap all over the place. I'm like, this sucks, but like if you could make somebody aware like like a app like that just having your phone super easy bam yeah Rad. yeah it's like a two-way thing you could make other people aware and then if you're out on a thing or if you you know you can use it for you know like i want to go i want to like go clean up certain places that i've you know seen and i you know if i'm gonna i could look on there like hey is there anywhere around where i'm at that needs to be cleaned up yeah yeah for sure and, and also on that same you know thought train uh michelle from rigs and brews is actually gonna be hosting a cleanup here pretty soon so uh if you want to yeah check out her instagram i'm sure she'll post about it but i know she's hosting a cleanup here pretty soon as well yeah so cool jared what do you got um not necessarily a shout out but just a a reminder to people um especially california just because here we are in a you know always in perpetual fire ban um so just recently I was up uh, like Mammoth area area and uh, on a scenic loop camping and we we're driving through looking for a camp spot just on a dispersed camping and I kept seeing like people with campfires. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? There's like a California fire ban. There should still be in effect, right? Why are these people having campfires? You know, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Um, <clears throat> you know, we find a spot. I didn't have a campfire. You know, I wasn't in a designated campground. And then literally like the next week, uh, Circle L Overland posted up that there was a fire in scenic loop yeah yep. i'm oh, like God. motherfuckers dude like it might yeah. have been those I people i saw arrested. yeah the people i saw i mean that's why we have fire bands because assholes like having campfires where you're not supposed to if you if you have to have a campfire 
go to the fucking campground. Yeah, yeah, but he, he lives it wasn't in even, Bishop. Yeah, and it wasn't even that hot out. I mean, the temps were perfect. You know, it's like or not even that cold out. Like temps yeah. were perfect. It's like in the high fifties. Like you didn't need a campfire. Just stay warm. Just. Uh-huh. Put a it's, sweater on, fucker. I get it. It's ambiance. I mean, no, I do too. There's propane pits. I mean, yeah. you have the ammo can style yeah, ones. Yeah, so you I got mean, me the Ignic one. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's other fire sources if you're just looking for the ambiance. But yeah, don't have a real fire it's unless... Not worth it, man. Because this weekend, we're going to a place um, like Nettle Springs or something like that. But they allow fires up there, but it has to be in an established like yeah, steel, steel ring. ring. Yeah. Steel ring. Yeah. You know, so like those are okay because they allow it, but yeah. still, you still have but to be we were prepared in where with nothing like that. Shovel, water, fire extinguisher, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Make sure you have that permit. permit. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Burn permit. There you go. Right on. Zavin, do you have any plugs? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug you guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, when, whenever this is uh, downloadable or whatever, you know, let me know so I can throw it up on my Instagram. Well, um, you know, <laughs> I, I really appreciate the opportunity. You guys are awesome, Ben. It's really good catching up, Patrick. Good, you know, good talking with you again, Jared. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nice pleased to, kind of to meet you. electronically yeah. meet you. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, look forward to getting together again soon for sure. Yeah, look yeah. forward to camping with you at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been way too long. And um, you know, for for my plugs, I mean, I already kind of mentioned it. Uh, there's there's two that are coming up. So there's the uh, Camp for Low. Uh, buy your tickets to his Baja Fiesta. Um, that's in October. And also in October is Olaf Events. Uh, and use your discount code AVERAGE in order to get uh, you know a few bucks off. Might save you an energy drink worth or something of the sorts. Maybe a, a beer, gas, a gallon though. of gas. Yeah, <laughs> two gallons of gas, who knows? Yeah, yeah. But uh, every little bit helps. So uh, Olaf Events, uh, mid-October, I believe is the weekend of the 14th, 15th, 16th. And uh, use code AVERAGE. So yeah, get your tickets. Yeah, That's it. And once again, people can find Zavin at Z Overlander. It's just the letter Z and then the word Overlander on Instagram. And Zavin, once again, thank you so much for uh, for coming on, man. We can't wait to see you again. Unfortunately, we never like we haven't been on very many trips together. Yeah, yeah. Just we're just change that. That's it. Yep, we're gonna yeah. change that. But yeah, yeah, we're gonna change that for sure, man. Yeah. Thank you guys again. You guys are awesome. Congrats for what you're doing. Keep it up. It's it's badass. Thanks, yeah, man. Thanks, really so. appreciate, appreciate it. it and safe travels to North Carolina. Go yeah. Tar Heels. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And to our listener, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. And as always, be safe on the trail.